This is part three of a three-part podcast. Hi, my name's Ryan. I've been a supporter of Paul's for many years now. I wish to get the podcast and video creation part of the system we call Paul back up to full speed. And I think Patreon support is a big part of that system. Go over to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. Make a pledge for each artifact that Paul creates. Again, the site is patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton. You can also find the link in the podcast notes. Enjoy the podcast. Okay. So um, the challenge and part of the reason Paul would like to trade out some of the vehicles, and we have traded out some of the vehicles, and this is the challenge even just with the Fisher-Price house, as I was describing, is keeping up with the maintenance as well as pushing forward on new projects. So, like, you know, yeah, let's get new shelves in here, but we haven't painted the walls yet, you know. So it, it's it's a challenge uh, to keep all of that going all together. So I, I kind of skidded around my list a little bit more than Paul in my effort to um, speed things forward a little bit. And, <laughs> Good luck. And and um yeah, and I talked about um how you know, I'm trying to take control of more of the events and more of the rentals and things like that so I can get more of what I want at Wheaton Labs. Um and and Paul's highlighting the more food, food preservation or fermentation, food growing talk and workshops. I I just want to check it. I often don't have time to do the food preservation or fermentation or things I would like to do. Um, and with more help, uh, hopefully we can get there too. So um, I like my Less and More thread, which is just a fun place to just catalog lots of beauty ideas. And it's also a way to think about... Um, places for people who might ha- be introverts or might have social anxiety so that they can have a place to get away and have like a lovely little sit spot or or getaway spot when when we have 8 to 15 people sharing a very small house um, and even though we have the library in the building right next to us you know I've gone out to the library to try and do a couple things, and there was a boot on the phone with his, or actually on a video chat with his wife and kids, and it was like, ooh, I'm in the way, and I'm making noise in the background, and they don't feel like they can have the conversation they'd like to have. Um, With all these eavesdroppers around. I know. So having the less and more places, like if we had more like little covered shelters along the hillside here where someone could just sit in there for a phone call and be out of the rain or out of the uh, The hot sun. sun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, no. That's that's actually a a pep BB. Cool. Yeah. Yay. So, um, you know... Uh, and I seconded a bunch of things. Paul talked about, you know, a videographer and more Wafatis and, and all of those kind of things. Um, I, I still keep dreaming of people understanding their impact with their um, tidiness or lack thereof. 
and the garbage they leave behind. I just, that still boggles my mind how people don't get that on what I, they leave you behind. You know, I, I think, and, 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 and we've talked about this so many times, I think it comes back to like Dirty Cup CSI. The bottom line is, is that what, the, the, do not do the solution because everybody's mind goes to basically having the, uh, the dirty cup police. Right. You there! That's your fucking dirty cup! You yeah. gotta take care of that shit! Yeah. You know, that, that is a cancer on community. And so the solution is, is that, is to first embrace. People are gonna do that. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I do that. And so then then the next step is is to say like, all right, rather than hiring police, what we need to do is to hire somebody who is going to go around and do a, a tidy and 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 clean up after everybody. Well, because they're going to do that and and yeah. mentioning it is poison. No, no, no. It, it it is, and and mostly in the house when we set a good example and a good precedent, people realize this is how we want the house kept, and and they follow suit. And and the last boots have just been phenomenal about following suit with That's that. That's true. So um, in the last couple rounds of boots. So it, just having that precedent set, and then now we have additional space to where. If people want to keep their laptop or a mug in the living room, they can uh, claim a cubby. And, like, then they right. can put their laptop and their mug in the cubby. And it's not left on the couch in the way of the other five people who might want to use the couch, you know, or on the table or on the mass or, uh, you know, when you leave your shit out and there's five other people who might want to use that space it's in the way so now that we've we've had this era of shelves the result is is that we have <laughs> created like 20 cubbies yeah. for people so that people who are coming through can have their own cubby yeah and store their stuff in their own little cubby they have a place to put their shit and yeah and so and i think we've come a long ways too we're also getting better at hiring housekeepers who come in periodically to clean up clean up after everybody yeah because i i think we all agree that the dirty cup police is a really bad idea and when you're saying something about how it amazes you that people are that way i need to remind you that i'm that way <laughs> I'm awful that way. I will always be that way. Uh, and, and the other thing is, is that I think that um, uh, it's so it's not that amazing. I think yeah. that's human. Now, granted, um, wow, this year has been the golden year. There has been nobody that's been like me, <laughs> other than me. <laughs> well, and and it. I am really slow with some things in in terms I think we all can be with different habits or or different internal um stressors that I put on myself and and I really I think this is probably the first year where I didn't feel so defensive about wanting an organized community space. I mean, my, my 
bedroom is not what I would like it to be. I have my office space in the bedroom, and it's a mess. Um, but, you know, when it's a shared community space, the idea of respecting housemates and respecting other people drives me to be far tidier and organized than I am when it's just my own space. So, um, and the idea, it just seemed like, I don't know, this was the first year that I wasn't feeling as guilty or defensive about being the clean bitch. You know, I didn't want to be the one saying, you're, you know. And so I would just say, oh, well, if it was left out, I'd put it in the lost and found. Or, you know, right, we have this left, lost and found basket right here. If, if it was left out, i just put it there. So if you're looking for something, there's... I, I there think a is. good message to pass is that we not only keep a pretty clean space, a, a, a you know, pretty clean... I'm going to say pretty clean. I think for most people, it's very clean. Hmm. Um... Uh, so not only do, they, but I think that people that um, have been to some permaculture events and thought that it was a shithole and that was a nasty place, I think those people would be comfortable here. I hope so. Um, and and so maybe the thing to do is you know put a little bit of a call out to the people that are particular in this way and then they can feel like oh good a place that's doing permaculture and it's clean um i i think we run a a a pretty clean space i mean i i think almost all the properties that that i visit um definitely more than half are are a shithole and and it's like there's a lot of lessons to be learned and things like that but but it's like they've let it go and and it's and it's kind of like I think I think we do put in a, quite a bit of effort in keeping things pretty tidy. In fact, that was something when the Discovery Channel came out that their camera guy was saying something about that. Like, like this is our eighth spot that we've been to, and all of the rest of them, it was like they were all shitholes. It was so hard to find an angle for the camera, <laughs> you know, that, oh. that excluded all that stuff. Um, and so they were very complimentary. Hmm. Um, uh, but yeah, w- w- many lessons have been learned. But moving on right. with your list. Right, 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 You're right. getting close to the end. Right, right, right. So um, I also had a list for the more global or empire reach with, you know, everything we do at Wheaton Labs with Paul and Permies, or even, I also think, there are things I think about with my business and clients and and generally being entrepreneurs. And so, you know, of course, top of the list was that Paul and Sean's book be a huge success um, because that can, that could get all of these philosophies into the minds of a billion people. Um, I like Paul's 72 brick concept, um, and I think the book, you know, goes even further, you know, with all of these different bricks and things people can incorporate. I think the, um, and I look like, looks like Paul's disagreeing, but I like the idea that people just pick something and try a little baby step to improve. I think the book we we left behind the brick idea with the book mm-hmm. and with the book we went for like trying to present 
like the whole book is a philosophy set. Yeah. And we wanted to try and make it as brief as possible. Yeah. And, you know, under 200 pages, you know, can we get this out? Mm -hmm. So um, we had a different mission. But I think the pep stuff is like try a little thing every right. day. Right. Each BB is a little quick thing. And yeah. I mean, like, look at what Robbie's been doing. Yeah. You know, Robbie's been trying a little thing each day. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, learning how to use a cast iron pan is one little thing. You know, I'll, I'll, yeah, I like the idea that people just pick a small thing and start working on that instead of overwhelming themselves with, oh, we're all going to die because, you know, the Earth's going to increase its temperature by two degrees Celsius, you know. Um, and I like the idea there's been so much development work at permies.com, so much development work, and it's improved it so, so much more. And at the same time, I dream of it being as visually appealing and engaging as other social media sites. And I think it's not quite there yet. I think there's, it's, it's still, and that's the nature of forums on one hand, that it's more of a text-based interface than an image-based interface. But I know um, so much of the development work has been to get it more image-friendly and and rich, more of a rich media, a media-rich experience. And I think that's where Permies still falls behind a little bit. And I know you're working hard on that and you keep working hard on that. Um, and I, I look forward to it getting even better and I imagine if someone gave you a million dollars, some of that might go towards some Permies dev work too to get it to be be a better place, more a little bit more competitive with social media, which is a bit of an oxymoron because you know it it's not a trite superficial so social media site. You know that's why so many people like it. And on the other hand, it would be nice if it could entice some people over from the, the more superficial places. Um, I do like, I got this idea from you, but I, I think it would be awesome to have a festival in a community. You know, some communities have a garlic festival or a lavender festival, and that you know, well, what if a community had a dandelion festival or even a mullein festival or a uh, napweed, you know, maybe a napweed honey festival if you can't even think about a real napweed festival um, so that these weeds are celebrated and people and the culture shifts to not trying to um, use so many herbicides on them. Um, I... It boggles my mind how people still don't understand the difference between organic and conventional or um, beyond organic food. So I had a woman say to me once, I was buying the organic version and she was buying the conventional version. She's, she said to me, this was just a couple years ago, oh, well, we get the same food. You're just paying more for yours. 
she was thoroughly convinced that there was no real difference between buying organic and conventional produce. And and it that just blew my mind. I thought, where do I even start? Um and and there are issues with big egg organic. It's it's not perfect. So that's why we talk about going beyond organic and knowing your farmer and all of those things. But I just wish there was Or grow your own garden. Yeah, grow your own garden. Then you really know what went into it. Yeah. So I I just wish people understood this a little more. <laughs> I just it just boggles my mind. It's it does seem to be your understand. pet peeve when somebody um, is smoking cigarettes or whatever and they say, I just can't. I would buy organic, but I just can't afford it. Oh and, oh, yeah. it's been different than that. I I had a woman tell me their their family would vacation every year like in a different country uh they were paying for private school for their son they had the most recent suv you know it was not a patched together 20 year old (laughs) suv it was it was like you know a late model like a couple years old they they had just paid to convert a shed into an art studio for the woman to do her art there and this person told me she could not afford organic food and and you and I have disagreed about this for years and I and I kind of feel like it's it's her choice right you know and it's like she to her she spent it on the important things like the art studio is a critically important thing to her yeah and organic food to her has no value. I and I, and, yeah, it's a semantics issue. And and so, but but the problem is, is that she doesn't understand the value of organic food, and it's her choice to, totally to not understand. Choice. She gets to not understand whatever she wants to not understand. And I I think you know I also met another woman. It was her. You know I was surprised that she was not gardening at all because. At that time, I was putting my kids to bed and taking lights outside so I could garden outside after the kids had gone to bed. And I found gardening so much more satisfying than housework. That my house was kind of dingy, but I was growing amazing gardens. And I went to this uh, friend's house, and her house was absolutely spotless to the point of almost being barren inside. And her yard was almost barren, too. And she just said, I love to clean. I know I, I, it's just my favorite thing. I love to have my house clean. It's important to me to have it clean. And I work full time and I have kids. And I know I don't have time to garden. And so I just much prefer cleaning house. And, and I loved it that she explained it that way. So I kind of feel like this other woman, instead of, oh, well, I can't afford that. That, to me, feels like a slap in the face to people who are struggling financially. It's just, well, I choose to spend my money elsewhere. To me, makes far more sense than I can't afford that. Basically, it kind of seems like, you know, the reason why you might want to get organic hasn't made it to her. And so what you're wishing for on this great big list of wishes yes. is that people would understand the value of organic. Yeah. And it might move farther up in their priorities. Yeah. You know, she might still... So another family I knew, um, 
they were a family of three living on one income so that the mom could be home full time with their kid. Mm-hmm. And they were budgeting everything down to, you know, the dime practically um, to try and live on one income. And this mom told me, well, I wish I could buy more organic, but I decided to choose the foods that we eat the most of, like they ate lots of tomato sauce in they had spaghetti all the time, tomato sauce in this, tomato sauce in that. She said, I decided I'm only going to buy organic tomatoes and I'm going to do organic something else, you know, because they were such staples in their diet. She was like, okay, well, I'll splurge for organic on these, but I just can't quite, you know, and other people focus on the dirty dozen and that kind of thing. That makes sense to me. Um, you know, because you're just being more of a choice. And I, I, I wish people had more awareness of that and were happier and more empowered about what they're choosing. Um, And, yes, all the knowledge about the toxins. So I have had these two friends who have daughters the same age, and when both these daughters turned seven... They started developing, doing early puberty. And these um, were households where they were not concerned about organics. And there was lots of exposure to fingernail polish, hairspray, uh, fabric softeners, you know, all these other things that we now know are so, you know, let alone the growth hormone in the milk. The, the bovine growth hormones stuff that have all showed to contribute to early um, puberty in little girls. So these little seven-year-olds were getting breasts at seven. And I just, you know, one of my friends actually asked me about some of this stuff because they knew of my interest in this stuff. And I, I talked about the growth hormone in the milk was the first thing because I knew the main food, the main protein in this household for their kids who were very picky, very light eaters was yogurt and milk. And um, and I don't know if they really changed things from there, but I uh, that was just such a heartbreaking thing to me that I wish more households knew about the toxins that they're bringing into their homes and the, the hormone-disrupting toxins that are in everyday things that people think are normal. And I know... Um, anyway, so I, I wish people would know more about that. And 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 the last thing is <laughs> I, I deal with micro or small businesses, one or two person mom and pop businesses or solopreneur is another term. And I just would like to get more information out for these businesses to make their lives a little easier because there's so much they don't know. There's misinformation on the Internet. I've seen supposed YouTube experts that were supposedly attorneys give misinformation on 
business entity structures. And I just wish there was more information to make that easier because I think um, some of the statistics show that it's a high percentage of people that really do have side businesses. Um, and and I think more and more homesteaders and people who want to um, have their own property and grow their own food want to have their own businesses. And so I think this goes hand in hand with that and helping them have useful, easy information on starting a small business is, is pretty important. On, on like, uh, the standard accounting practice versus the law, as well as, like, you know, um, uh, what people tend to do when they're a small business versus, you know, and, and plus small for different definitions of small. There are cool. some businesses that have 100 employees, and they're so like, oh, we're a small business. Well... Um, actually, so in January of this year, I gave two workshops to a farmer's group in the Washington area, in the Seattle area. I gave a workshop on business basics geared towards farms or homesteads, and I gave a workshop on how to use QuickBooks. And um, the first workshop was pretty good. The second workshop I did not do well at but I could do better. The first one, um, all the business basics that people need to know, you know, what's an LLC? What's the best business structure for me? What does it mean if you're a nonprofit? Do you, what is a contract employee versus a direct employee? And what am I required to do if I have an employee? What, you know, do you know a lot of people it was it was news to them about what could be audited what might not be audited um having a separate bank account for your business you know all of these things uh and i had a really thorough workshop on that and people enjoyed it so much that some that had not signed up for my second workshop signed up for my second workshop because they found it so helpful to them that these were some of the basics that they just somehow hadn't gotten from even working with their CPA, even working with attorneys, searching online. Um, We just ran through it all and and here's what you do. It's, it's, um, yeah. You want people to be able to, if they're, if they're going to go into a small cottage industry business or something bigger, um, and it's a one or two person operation, to be able to get the correct information. Yeah. As opposed to like something that's made out to be too complicated because it fits, it's information that's for a bunch of different people or even, uh, more than that, a bunch of misinformation. Right. Yeah. I I think most of the inf- I don't know if most of the information out there is geared this way, but I think it's common that people run into information that's geared for what the small business administration considers a small business is like a business with 50 employees. You know, these are not micro mom and pop businesses. These are businesses with 50, 100, couple hundred employees. These are still considered small businesses. So that kind of small business information is very different 
than information for a one or two person right. ownership where you might have a handful of employees. Or maybe maybe you'll get up to 20 employees or something. But that's really who I work with. And what they need to know is skewed a bit different. So along those lines, uh, yesterday, somebody posted on the thread about the Kickstarter, like, oh, I would like uh, Paul and Sean to take a look at this eco-survey, or uh, uh, it's like, uh, it's not exactly a survey, it's more like, you know, find out how much you know about the environment. Oh, right. But it was put I together by some news organization. Mm-hmm. And so I popped out there and looked at like the first three questions mm-hmm. and the the uh, answers that you were able to select from. And my thought was, the questions are wrong. <laughs> those are the stupidest fucking questions. And, and even for those questions, the answers are all wrong. Mm-hmm. There's no correct answer listed there. All of those answers are shit answers for that shit question. Mm-hmm. So, um, I guess what I'm trying to say, I feel your pain. Yeah. <laughs> there is a lot of misinformation out there. Um, yeah. And in the days of software engineering, it was very, in fact, it was the thing that really pissed me off is that people would publish whole fucking books called Best Practices <laughs> that were full of bullshit. <laughs> yeah. It was just cover to cover bullshit. But it's in writing, so it must be true. And, kind of like it's on the internet, so it must be true. And so then true. I would go and attend some meeting and some dumbass will have read this stupid fucking piece of shit book and be saying like, oh, no, 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 Paul, you're all wrong because look here in this book it says and it's like oh should we talk about that book let's 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 postpone this meeting where we've got eight people at this meeting so we can talk about how unfortunate it is that you've read such a stupid book and and shall we go page by page talking about how stupid everything in that book is and so um yeah, there, there's there's information, there's misinformation on the internet, but even more than that, sometimes that misinformation. I mean, here's a great one: uh, cast iron skillets. Do you know where I'm going? What's the most famous document at this time about cast iron skillets? What does it say to put on your pan? Flaxseed oil. And is that a good idea? No. And why is that? It doesn't polymerize as well, and it, uh, I don't think, and it goes rancid. It gets, well, the rancidity is the polymerization. Is it? Oh. But the thing is, is that it, it makes, if, it makes a really poor surface. Sticky. Uh, it make, yeah, the surface ends up being sticky and it comes off super easy. So you're not, you're not seasoning your skillet. And the only reason, so you selected it. And then the, the killer is, is that it says right on the article that this is for science. We use science to be able to tell you what's the best oil to put on cast iron. And by science, by the, by the mighty gods of science, it's, it's, you know, anyway, that's, that's their whole pitch. Yeah. And it's like, uh, why? Because it polymerizes at room temperature. That's their why. Well, then, how well does it do when you take it up to a high temperature? Oh, really poorly? Ah, <laughs> guess what you do with a cast iron skillet? You take it up to high temperature. Okay. Yeah, so, anyway, yeah. Th- th- it's, it's, but people believed it. 
Yeah. And, and they're buying into it. And so I've seen, I've seen some places on the internet where somebody is like, look at this article. It's the best. And then I'll immediately see 47 comments from people that are saying like, no, that article is shit. Stop telling people about that article. And, and I'm like, yeah. Well, and this, this is where you need, uh, this is where a good marketing person could help with your Casterin article and, and, and your video and, you know, maybe get that information out there in a, a competitive way. If a perhaps. person wanted to do that, they could, but they wouldn't make any money at right. it. Right. I would, I would, you know, I think if a, if a person is like, if they've gone out and they're making a million dollars a year, because they're good at marketing and they've signed up for my affiliate programs they are marketing the hell out of all that stuff and then just for giggles they decide to promote my cast iron article that sounds like a very generous and lovely thing for them to do but they're not going to make any money doing that okay yeah Okay, gotcha. That's good for you to clarify. I, I do think, though, with all of this stuff, um, whether, you know, maybe we wanted to do an updated video about cast iron, and I would like to do videos, uh, take the portions of the business basics wor- workshop I did and make that into little video snippets um, and get those out there. But I just, I don't have the bandwidth to learn video editing <laughs> and and you don't have the bandwidth to do the video editing right now I and and this is kind of like what we've talked about with community is you know be lovely to have somebody who wants to garden and then somebody who wants to cook and somebody who wants to clean and you know and we're still trying to piece that together here and mm-hmm. I think there can be the business models of well this person is really good at WordPress, this person is really good at videos and, right. and, and get kind of these business guilds going as well. I, I agree. I, I think that there's lots of opportunity for that and, um, it would be lovely to see it get going. And in the meantime, um, it's, uh, just the two of us. I mean, you know, Fred is, is leading the boot camp. Yes. And, and that's great. Um, and so many of the projects on the property. Mm-hmm. And so, um, uh, but I, I'm hoping, you know, this is the wish list. That's what the wish list is for. I wish for all this to fill out. And I think that the book plays a role. I think the pet program plays a role. I think that, um, uh, these things are, and then this podcast plays a role. And I'm hoping that all of these things will fill out. And then we'll, you know, after all these years, it'll all, it'll all come to pass. And now one of the things that you touched on for a moment there was, was something about how hard it is for you to be around me when there's all the trolls and stuff. And, um, while I have a pretty thick skin, you know, um, I, I confess that, I mean, it, it would have been nice if some of the ugliness, if uh, 5,000 people showed up and and either downvoted it or said, you know, that's just a really mean thing. But they didn't. Um, on some of them, uh, there, there might be a dozen people who stood up for me. And, you, you know, that's the thing you're saying is that everybody, no one is saying, Jocelyn, you're an awful person. They're saying that I'm an awful person, and that is upsetting you, because most of the time, whoever it is that's saying it, you've met them. 
<laughs> well, and and you know exactly what the story is. Yeah, there's there's a different level of stress with basically being a public figure, which you are. You are a public figure right. on the internet, and I am by association with you. So there's a different level of stress that comes from that. And I, you know, I'm, as a kid, if things got too stressful in a television show, I had to go hide behind the recliner until the stressful part of the television show was over with. Mm-hmm. I mean, and this, and the, and the stressful television show, when I was a kid, for me to hide behind the recliner was leave it to Beaver. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's how sensitive was I it, am. Was it was the problem Eddie Haskell? Oh, uh, usually. Usually, usually. Okay. Yeah. yeah, usually Eddie Haskell. Here comes Eddie Haskell. I'm gonna go hide behind the recliner now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, you know, uh, and. I mean, that's how sensitive I am. And so for me to be involved in a project like this and involved um, with a lot of the stuff that goes out on the Internet, you know, is is different for me. I probably wouldn't expose myself publicly this much if it were left up to me. If you're going to try and help anybody... (coughs) you're going to get hated for it. So if you stand up and you give information away and you try to help people, then ugliness is going to follow, especially in permaculture, um, which was part of that presentation that I gave at Permaculture Voices 1. Um, right. and, and so when I stand up and I share information about software engineering, um, I'll reach a far greater audience and I, I'll get hardly any hate for it. In fact, if anybody's going to make a stand, they'll put their name behind it. And they'll be, you know, somebody generally of note, um, an, uh, an author or something like that. And But we'll enter into a respectful discourse. Um, but in, in the world of permaculture, it's like usually anonymous people and and they will be just so hateful. And I think part of it is going to be corporate trolls. But like the Fouches, they put their name behind it. That was what was so incredible, is that they made a video and basically it looked like they were standing up and saying, look at us, we're fucking idiots. <laughs> you know, it's like we're going to make a 13-minute long video about the well, locked gate. So I think a big thing that I would like to add to the wish list now is is kind of what you advocated with your Permaculture Voices keynote is that and and what we advocate on Permies is that we be nice to each other and that we support each other, especially in permaculture circles where we get torn down so frequently. Or even just like the woman telling me, well, I bought this produce, you bought that produce that says it's organic, but we really bought the same thing and you paid more for it. You're just stupid. Yeah, so yeah, so we're still getting torn down for a lot of our choices. And I mean, think about it. The huge thing that people love about coming to Wheaton Labs and coming here is having like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Because in their families, in their neighborhoods, in their social circles, people are like, why do you spend more on that or why why are you c- 
concerned about your food. It's just food or whatever it is that people are saying. So I think a huge wish to put on the list is for permaculture people to support each other and, um, and build each other up instead of tearing down. Somebody was saying that um, they ran into somebody who was saying a bunch of negative stuff about me and they didn't know what to think. And I said, it's actually pretty simple. Um, The person you were talking to, what have they given to anybody? What have they put out into the public? What have they shared? What have they done? And down the board, it's zero, 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 zero. They've they have done nothing for other people. They have never put them, themselves on the line by sharing something publicly. They have never publicly, you know, tried to help somebody over the internet. They have never, on the other hand, on what you have is, is somebody else, me, who has shared so prolifically. And so I think it's pretty easy to figure out. Like, now, if, if you're like confused, then I think that the thing to do is is to like stand behind the person who's actually trying to help others versus the person that is just full of hate and nasty and just wants to and is basically saying that Paul Wheaton has to live his life according to this other set of standards that you know why why should I, Paul Wheaton, have to obey a fuckwit. You know, why Why should I change the way that I live to be more like somebody who doesn't do shit for anybody? I, I think we have a habit that we develop as teenagers called snark. Sure. And we bond over being snarky and critical of others because of course we're teenagers and we know how to do everything the right way if if we had over 200 acres we would leave that gate wide open right all of these things you know we would do it different because we're we're smarter than everybody else it's it's like this holdover from being a teenager and it's a way to bond over putting somebody else down and i think even as adults being snarky and witty is is a wicked kind of fun. I'm really guilty of it a lot. And I just think it's it's fun. You're like, ah, oh, look at them, ha, you know. And and you say something snarky, you feel smart, you feel funny and and black humor at the expense of others can be really fun. Um and, and and it's kind of like being stuck as a teenager, and we still do that a lot as adults. And it's a way to bond with somebody. Like, oh yeah, you know, look at them. You know, look at Jocelyn. She's fat. You know, so she doesn't know how to cook healthy. <laughs> Who's she kidding? You know, I it'd be so easy to do that, and we're all guilty of doing that. And and it's just a simple little thing that um, eats away at the fabric of what otherwise could be uh, a wonderful thing about supporting each other and, and building even more bridges and finding ways to bond over positive things instead of over snarky negative things. 
So, Jocelyn, uh, I officially apologize to you, and I am sorry <laughs> that my helping people has caused you pain. <laughs> I... You do I mean, not need to do that. And, and I mean, like, the amazing thing is, of course, you see it all firsthand. A lot of these people, where they're saying their awful thing, you've met them. <laughs> and and you know what their story is. And and you also know that, you know, they they came here and they behaved very poorly. And then they go off and they say something awful. And, and you're kind of feeling like... Actually, it's the other way around. I, um, you know, I think, I think we've done a pretty darn good job of healing, uh, from that whole experience. I think that experience. Oh, there's we, not just one. I mean, no, there's no, a parade. No. I know. I know. But you uh, there was a parade to these things before yeah, I ever met you because I'm, know. you know, I've, I have publicly, sh- I've given software away. I have publicly helped people. Um, thousands of times before I ever met you. And so I have been hated so many times before I ever met you. Well, it's, yeah, you don't need to apologize. I think I am learning a lot of different skills out of all of this, and I'm learning what my sensitivities and weak spots are with a lot of this and mm. learning how to shore them up it's kind of like it's kind of like watch, watch watching the water flow across a landscape and you know we talk about <clears throat> observing a land for a year before you put in some of your elements and stuff and really what we've learned here i think at base camp is a year isn't long enough because <laughs> uh the water you know, we didn't really see how the water would flow down our driveway from heavy snow years until like the second or third year we were here. And, and, and so it's just kind of interesting to me, uh, that, you know, using that as a metaphor, I'm kind of seeing where the water is going to flow or whether it gets stuck or where it's going to, you know, in terms of emotions and stress and, Okay, well, how can this just roll off my back and go where it needs to go? And what's getting stuck where? How can I divert it? How can I take it in where I need it? So it's, it's, it's a thing. And, and so no apology needed. I, I, I'm just learning. The more you help people, the more generous you are, the more you will be hated. I don't know if I agree with that. That well, okay. Then let me let let's continue on this path, <laughs> and and we'll see if we can change your mind. <laughs> this has been my experience. The more the more you generous you are, the more you help people, the more they hate it. Mm-hmm. Now, granted, there's going to be a lot of people that will love it and be grateful and and be awesome. Think about that pile of gifts on that table where you want to thank them all. And so I want to thank them all. So it's good people being very lovely. Think about all the people that came out here the very first year when there when this place was so vanilla. It was just a house and just a shop and and there was nothing but there was this parade of people who came here to help. And, and it's like, but yeah, there's, there's the lovely, amazing, awesome people whom I think we've named many of them on the podcast. And, and then there's people that stole from us and, uh, people, I mean, then there's the whole thing of like, we would be seven times further along if people simply kept their word. 
and and it's amazing how you go to try and do something and one person flaking out just destroys the whole thing and and it's like um so we we keep trying or we fill in for that person which stresses us out and other things have to be sacrificed and so when we're wishing for things which is what this what this podcast is all about we could wish for people to keep their word that would be a that would be a lovely one um, but I think I well, think the thing to do is we're going to keep doing it. We're going to keep giving things away. We're going to keep trying. We're going to yeah. keep sharing. We're going to keep doing all the things. And we're putting ourselves out there for all for. And I I, I kind of feel like the anonymous yuckiness is worse than than the uh, the stuff where somebody will put their name behind it. Well, I like to think that we are learning how to have more resilience in our system mm-hmm. and we're planning for more resilience and more um, uh, uh, depth in in things. Um, and I also like to think that it's, it's not just from helping people that people will be awful. I like to think that we can build a better world in people being nice to each other, too. Which I, I think on permies, we've kind of uh-huh. got a pretty good thing going there. If, yeah. you, if you show up there and you start whatever, it gets it gets eliminated. For sure. Yeah. And, and I think that, um, uh, you know, being generous and sharing... And giving things away for free, or uh, uh, you know, helping other people out, giving them money, giving them stuff. Hey, speaking of, somebody gave you a lottery ticket. Did you ever scratch that? I off? never scratched it. <gasps> I mean, it was a Texas lottery ticket. I kind of thought, well, if it if it's a winning ticket, then what do you do? I, I don't know. Do, do you find somebody who happens to be going to Texas? I don't know. Or you mail it in or something. I have no uh, idea yeah, either. I've so never done it. We didn't scratch it off. Yeah, we should go scratch I, off uh, the lottery. Oh, okay. All right. I'm just, I'm, I'm messing around. But um, the sun is out. The skies are blue. And um, I I think it's awesome to wish for things. You, you always like to say, it's okay to want things. Want away. It's good and to so, want things. You can want uh, you can you can want all the things we talked about. Yeah. And uh, and and you as long, as long as you're wishing, you could wish for more wishes. Uh, you could wish for uh, twin lottery, and uh, and you can wish for a lovely piece of pie. Well, we don't have pie, but we have more peanut butter. <laughs> That's right. That's right. So if you like this sort of thing, come on out to the forums at permies.com where we wish for, we have wishes for vicious fishes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we talk about homesteading and permaculture all, all the, the time. time. Don't forget, go out to patreon.com slash Paul Wheaton and make a pledge for future artifacts. 